The Gospel reading is from the book of Mark, the 10th chapter. They were on the road going to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. They were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. He took the twelve aside and began to tell them what was to happen to them, saying, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit upon him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise again. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever you ask of you. And he said to them, What is it that you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am going to be baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at the left is not mine to grant, but it is for those whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom you recognize as their rulers, Lord, it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be the first among you must be the slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. They came to Jericho, and he, his disciples, and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has been made well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. These are your words, O Lord. Your word is the truth. Lead us into the truth. Amen. So I want to begin this morning by acknowledging that my last few sermons have followed a very similar theme, this call to discipleship. A call to follow Jesus not to glory, but to humility suffering and service for the sake of our neighbor. I also want to acknowledge that this sermon will follow a similar arc. Um, two things in defense of that repetition. First, for the record, Mark is the one who is repeating himself, not me. 
As Mark tells the story of Jesus, these themes of a costly calling emerge again and again. Jesus calling, his disciples calling, our calling. So I'm just preaching about the text that's in front of me, and it keeps calling us to follow Jesus through uh, to lives of humility and service. If it seems repetitive, file an official complaint with the Bible. The second thing that I'll say about the repetition is this. Full disclosure, um, Mark and Jesus are not the only reasons I'm preaching a lot lately on the call to follow Jesus' path of humility and service. Um, honestly, preachers proclaim best what they need to hear most, right? So, um, to be perfectly frank, I can sometimes have uh, fantasies of self-importance and power and those kinds of things. So please indulge me in yet another sermon on the importance of humility from a preacher who needs to hear this message often uh, to a congregation with at least a couple of folks who would probably be wise to listen into. right? <laughs> now, fortunately for me, um, the, um, uh, the, the delusions of importance connect really well to our reading once again this morning. In many ways, right, I'm not that unlike James and John from our gospel reading today. We've met these two before, uh, but in the story today, um, right, we realize we're ten chapters in, so they've been following this Jesus around for a while to some really unseemly places, watching Jesus care for uh, the poor and the marginalized, right? But the way these two seem to figure it, now must be the time when Jesus is headed to Jerusalem to become the king, right? The new king. And when he gets to that post, they want to be members of the king's court. Now, I don't know exactly what makes these two fishermen think they're extremely qualified for great political leadership, but there's power and importance to be had, and they want to get their hands on it. They want to be the greatest in the kingdom. But the people seeking glory and fame, power, possessions, right? Jesus declares a more excellent way, and that is the life of service. It's a life that he first models himself, right? Immediately before our passage today, Jesus predicts his suffering and death for the third time in his many chapters. And right after this passage, he will enter Jerusalem and meet his death one week later. It's not exactly the kind of fate that you would expect from a king, right? Kings are supposed to be waited on hand and foot. Um, kings are supposed to be cheered and applauded when they ride gloriously past the crowd. But King Jesus sets a new precedent. He offers his life in service to others and calling his followers to do the same. So we remember today some wonderful news about Jesus Christ about this King Jesus, that he, that he has died to set us free from the bondage of, to sin, death, and the devil, that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, he's opened the way to everlasting life, made genuine reconnection with the creator of heaven and earth possible. He has interrupted our own lives of death and replaced them with new lives in unity with him and the Father, now and forever. He has freed us, right, to, to be ourselves, free of the burden of trying to impress God with our acts of religiosity, to simply trust that when God calls us his children, he means it unconditionally. It is, it's, a, it's an incredible gift, a gift that is ours by faith. 
The bad news is that being uh, God's saved and redeemed children does not mean a life that will be easy or free of pain or hurt or even poverty. Instead, the cross shows God's love and undeserved grace for us, certainly, but it calls us in the name of that love to make a difference in the world through service to our neighbors. As Jesus says, we will drink from the same cup as him. That is to say, we will also suffer as we are humbled by Jesus' call to follow him. Right? Jesus calls us to be servants in the world without any expectation of a reward at the end. Right? I think this is an important point. Jesus doesn't say, serve your neighbors for a while, and then when I come again, I'll put you in charge um, for the rest of eternity, and they can serve you while you um, soak in some great hot tub in the sky or something like that. That's not what Jesus promises. He promises a life of service to others, and then tells his followers that's the top spot in the kingdom. Now, I don't recommend that approach to life without the power of Jesus. Right? Without Jesus, that way of living is a life of codependency, not Christianity. Right? Let's think again about the difference. Codependency is a life that says, I am a worthless person who needs the approval of others, so I will serve them until I die, hoping that at least one of them will love and accept me. The Christian life, on the other hand, says, I am a worthwhile person. I am a worthwhile person because God made me. Because God sent his son to die for me. Therefore, I will live my life in such a way that it is evident to others that I love them as Christ first loved me and that Christ loves them as well. Right? The call to the Christian life is not a call to be a doormat. Don't be a doormat. But we are called to be servants in the world who know that God has loved us to death in Christ. People who want to share that love with the world around them. Now, none of that made any sense to James and John, right? And I suspect that uh, before witnessing Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, there's no way it could have made sense to them. So instead, they asked Jesus for a place of prominence because that's, that's what they thought following him meant. They couldn't see what was really happening. But did you notice in the story, there was a character who does see. Blind at the beginning of the story, named Bartimaeus, blind. And he couldn't work. His life was one begging by the side of the road. But pay attention to his story and how his actions contrast to the actions of James and John. First notice that Jesus asked Bartimaeus the exact same question in verse 51 that he asked to James and John in verse 36. What do you want me to do for you? But instead of asking for glory the way James and John did, Bartimaeus simply asked that he might see again. And when Jesus answers this request and opens Bartimaeus' eyes, here's Bartimaeus' chance to go back to his family, back to his community, and become famous, right? Famous Bartimaeus. It's got a great ring to it, doesn't it? It rhymes. Famous Bartimaeus, the, the blind man that Jesus healed. A life of prominence and fame lays in front of him. But what does Bartimaeus do? He gives up that 
opportunity for fame and notoriety in order to follow Jesus. He becomes a follower in the way. Right? That's, what, that's what followers in the early church called themselves, followers in the way. Bartimaeus gives up fame and notoriety in order to follow Jesus because Bartimaeus now sees Jesus for who he is. Someone worth following. Not, not because it'll make him famous, not because it'll add to his notoriety, not because it'll lead to power, but because it leads the way to an authentic life. Now, for the record, James and John would get it eventually. They were very important in the early church after Jesus' resurrection. But in this moment, in Mark chapter 10, Bartimaeus shows them true faith and humility. And that makes me think about ministry and discipleship again, right? That, that this call, right? We're, we're on this mission, this challenge to follow Jesus. We are called to serve our neighbors near and far. We're called to share the good news of Christ with everyone, including the marginalized, the, the refugee, the wounded, the lost. But what, what if, what if Jesus calls us to that work, not just because we have something to share with with them. Not just because we have something amazing to share with those who are broken, but what if Jesus calls us to love and serve the least among us precisely because they often see what we cannot? Whoever it is that we identify with in this story, James, John, Bartimaeus, let us hear today a story of good news. Christ has called us to a life of following him. It's not a complicated calling, but it is a calling that runs contrary to many of the teachings of this world. It's a calling to a life in which getting ahead means picking up your cross to follow this Jesus in a life of, of selflessness and service. It's, it's a life spent often gathering with this scurvy lot we call the church, right? to be renewed with words of hope and sent back into the world to get to work as changed people through our families and our neighborhoods or places of work. It's a life in which one regularly immerses themselves in the Word of God and Scripture. In the promises of baptism and Holy Communion, a life which is drawn into prayer for ourselves and for others to meditate on the story of God's people, right, until it becomes our own, all the while along that journey inviting others to be part of it too, to be blessed by one another. Disciples are people who know they've been reconnected with God by the power of Jesus Christ and his undeserved love. People who cannot wait to share that news with the world through acts of service and love. Let it be so. In the name of